Hello and welcome to Indie Star's Politics Podcast. I'm Greg Weaver, the Star's Government and Politics Editor, and I'm here today with uh, Tony Cook, uh, the Indy Star's uh, Statehouse Reporter, and Caitlin Lang, Statehouse Reporter for the Evansville Career and Press. And we're going to kick things off today by uh, taking a look at some of the actions that have been going on uh, with regards to confirmation of uh, President Trump's nominees uh, for his cabinet. Um, and giving some special attention to what's been happening with uh, Indiana's Senator Joe Donnelly and how he's been responding to those nominees. Um, Tony, in the, in the last week or so, kind of what's been, uh, what's been the trend for Senator Donnelly? Has he been favoring these folks or, or not? Well, it's been sort of a mixed bag. Um, he uh, said most recently that he's not going to support um, Trump's pick for Attorney General, uh, his former Senate colleague, Jeff Sessions. Um, and, you know, he says he can't support Sessions because uh, civil rights advocates are opposed to his nomination. And he also raised the issue of Trump's um, immigration ban for refugees and says that that's, uh, he's concerned that Sessions agrees with Trump on that. Uh, Donnelly joined others at the Indianapolis airport recently to protest that ban. Um, and so those are the reasons he's citing for opposing uh, Sessions. He's also opposed some others. He's opposed, uh, said that he uh, opposes Rex Tillerson, uh, the ExxonMobil, uh, former ExxonMobil CEO who Trump picked for Secretary of State. And, uh, and has now been confirmed. And has now been confirmed over Donnelly's no vote. Um, and he's also said he's going to vote against Tom Price as the head of the Department of Health and Human Services. That's seen as a critical position because of Trump's promise to overturn Obamacare. And he has said that uh, he's going to vote against Betsy DeVos, who is Trump's pick to head the Education Department. And she's a big uh, voucher uh, program proponent. Um, which you know is um, a program where folks can use public money to uh, pay to go to private schools, so including religious schools. So uh, Donnelly is setting himself up as uh, sort of an opponent uh, to some of Trump's um, picks that are getting the most criticism from Democrats and. Uh, but he's also voted for some in favor of some of Trump's picks, including his pick for the CIA, uh, Department of Defense, Homeland Security, and Transportation. So uh, it's sort of a mixed bag, but he's coming down on the side uh, with his fellow Democrats on, on most of these more controversial picks. Yeah, and one of the reasons uh, it, he's receiving so much attention at this juncture is that uh, He's going to be seeking re-election in 2018. Uh, he's a moderate Democrat in a state that uh, went heavily for Trump in the last election. And so people are really paying attention to, to how he's voting on these, uh, on these uh, uh, nominees. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he slipped in, in a way, to the Senate seat on the back of uh, social conservative Richard Murdoch's controversial comments about um, about rape and abortion, and I think that 
you know, Trump won Indiana by 19 points. I mean, that's a huge margin. And so, you know, looking at that as his, uh, these are the people who are going to be voting on whether to reelect him in two years, uh, it has to cross his mind that, you know, um, he may be upsetting some people by not working with Trump. That's a risk that he seems willing to take in some of these cases, but certainly, um, you know, Republican-affiliated groups are going to be targeting him, uh, both now because they think uh, because of that electoral breakdown, they may be able to sway his vote where they won't be able to sway less moderate Democrats. Um, But also I think this is going to turn into an issue in 2018 as the election heats up as well. Yeah, and there's already been a lot of speculation about who, what Republicans uh, might run against Joe, Joe Donnelly in 2018. Uh, one big name has already taken herself out of the race, and that's Susan Brooks, uh, the congresswoman uh, from Indiana's 5th district, who has just announced this week that she will not be uh, attempting a run against Joe Donnelly. But that still leaves some others out there hanging around. Who are some of the others that, are, uh, that you think might be likely, Tony? Yeah, so I think... Uh, This past week or so, both uh, Congressman Luke Messer and Congressman Todd Rakita have uh, not only left the door open to running for that Senate seat, but have more or less said that, you know, they're considering it. Um, Another person who, you know, some people have talked about is Indiana House Speaker Brian Bosma. Um, He was asked about that uh, today when we recorded this on uh, Thursday, and he said that he, you know, is focused on legislative issues like transportation funding and other things going on at the state house. But you know, at the same time, he didn't rule it out. So I think those are three people who you know are probably considering uh, running for that seat. And you know, probably a lot of uh, Republicans are hoping to sort of clear the field and get a nominee in place sooner rather than later. Um, especially with the amount of spending and fundraising that goes into uh, these statewide Senate races these days. Um, you know, they're probably looking to get that sorted out uh, sometime you know, in the coming months even. Right. So, and I wanted to point out, too, that there's another Hoosier who's been getting a lot of attention uh, during the, uh, uh, the Senate confirmation hearings on Trump's nominees, and, and that is uh, Vice President Pence. Uh, he's been getting some attention uh, because um, it looks very likely that uh, the Senate may end up in a tie vote when it considers the nomination of Betsy DeVos uh, as the Education Secretary. And as we know, uh, the Vice President gets to uh, cast a, a tie-breaking vote in those situations. And I think we kind of know where Vice President Pence would stand on this, <laughs> right, Tony? What do right. You- yeah, absolutely. You know. Uh, Betsy DeVos has been uh, active in contributing money to candidates in Indiana and uh, part of that is because uh, there's been a lot of uh, folks here in Indiana who have been advocating for more state spending on charter schools and um, and voucher programs and um, she's been a big advocate of those and you know her money is obviously intended to influence policy in that direction and she's found you know a a good reception for that here in indiana we now have uh, one of if not the largest uh, voucher program in the nation 
So I think Indiana is going to be looked to as a model, and Betsy DeVos is someone who's been active in politics and the you know campaign contribution sense here in Indiana for a while. So it's someone that uh, Mike Pence is familiar with, and um, and whose policies line up uh, more or less exactly with his uh, when it comes to charters and voucher schools. Yeah, so that's going to be programs. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. It, if it does indeed come down to a to a tie, right? Because um, you know, as our colleague Marine Grappi pointed out in her article this week, you know, um, Vice President uh, Biden never even had a chance to break a tie vote in his eight years in office. So here, Mike Pence could have the opportunity almost right away, um, and suddenly, you know, Trump's pick of Pence becomes you know even more important. And again, someone from Indiana is right in the middle of, uh, you know, what's going on nationally in terms of politics. So it's been a very interesting year for Pence. It's been a very interesting year uh, to be a political observer here in Indiana. Yeah. So, well, I want to take a little bit of time to uh, turn our attentions away from uh, the national political scene uh, back to the kind of the state scene and uh, focus a little bit on the southwestern corner of the state and casino gambling. Mm -hmm. And I know, Caitlin, this week uh, you covered a hearing on a bill that would uh, allow casino gambling in Terre Haute. Can you talk a little bit about what that bill would do? Yeah, so this is actually a big one for the whole state, Greg. Um, the company that originally looked at opening a casino in Indy two years ago um, is now seeking permission to open one in Terre Haute, which is just two hours north of Evansville. Um, so it's it's a pretty big deal for both the Evansville, Tropicana Evansville, and then also the racing casinos um, in Anderson and Shelbyville. Some are worried that that might take away business from those people. Um, right now, the French Licks Casino, which is another big one that could be in competition, and the two racing casinos will receive a monetary benefit from the the bill that allows for Terre Haute's casino. Um, but Evansville won't receive anything, at least in the wording of the bill right now. So this is kind of a big deal for them. So there's that aspect of hurting other casinos throughout the state, um, and then also the potential expansion of gaming. This bill would move uh, the slot machines and tables, some of them from the rising um, Star Casino in Ohio County, to the Terre Haute Casino. So some argue it's not really an expansion, but it's still an additional location opening up. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out in support and against this new casino in Terre Haute. So and what's the status of that legislation right now? Yeah, they haven't voted on it yet in committee. Um, so they just, they had the hearing on Wednesday. Um, so we still um, have yet to see how the committee is voting on it. Um, so it still has to go through that before it can even move on to the floor for a vote. Yeah, do you have any sense yet, I mean, how the chairman feels about the bill or how things might go? Not really, uh, really at the committee. The only group that spoke out in opposition even was um, from the Southwestern Indiana Chamber of Commerce. Um, and then obviously I know the people of Evansville are really opposed to it, but besides them, um, even there was no one there from the racing casinos to speak in opposition. Um, so I've, I'm really not sure where the vote will fall on this one. It could be, it, it could be a big deal. It could be not as big of a deal as they think, maybe. 
Right, and I think you've noted, too, that the governor hasn't really stated a position on the expansion of gambling at this point. Right. Um, as you may know, previously, Governor uh, Mike Pence was pretty opposed to the expansion of gambling. Um, so uh, when, when I asked Holcomb how he felt, um, I asked his press secretary, and she said that he was focused on his five pillars right now and uh, couldn't really give an opinion on the matter. So we don't really know where he stands on this, so that's another factor that plays in. But um, I can, I'm pretty positive it won't be as big of a um, point of contention as it was with Pence, regardless of which side he falls on. Yeah, so, well, this is certainly an issue that we're going to be following uh, the next few weeks as it works its way through the legislature, if indeed it's able to clear committee. Uh, so we invite you to uh, stay tuned to IndyStar.com uh, and uh, watch for future episodes of uh, our podcast. Thanks again for listening.